0: who, of course, haven't had their ground since the Commonwealth Games, went down 11-11-77 to Melbourne, 21-21-46, and a world record equaling number of 83 inside 50s to the Demons. KL, it was a pretty good performance.
1: Well, the second half was amazing, Koza. The first half I was still a little bit jittery, to be honest. The Suns hit the front just before halftime, and I thought, holy crap, what am I watching?
2: <laughs>
0: But at least we finally put a team to the sword quite substantially. And we're starting to see now in regard to ladder position how important that percentage is going to be. So I was very, very pleased after sort of allowing St Kilda just to hang around for a while.
1: Well, very good point. And after our last week podcast, I did get a little bit of criticism and I take that on board for when I said, I can't believe we didn't put them away um when we needed to because they had played three games in whatever the turnaround was 13 days or something so cut them a little bit of slack so it was look i'll call that an oversight uh and yes i was very happy um to score 145 points on the board how good was that
0: yeah, absolutely brilliant. So it did really, really well. Amazingly small crowd, a record oh. low crowd for the Gabba's, just
1: 6,060. So there was plenty of demon encouragement from the stands and wonderful for our travelling detailers that made the journey. Yes, one of our detailers, Bobby Clark, was there. He sent in a Simon Says, so I'll get to that a little bit later. But well done to Bobby for getting up to the Gabba. Um, but you know what, Koza, it wasn't just – I. This is a demons podcast, I know that, but the crowds were also crapola at Suncorp Stadium and there was a double header in the NRL and crowds only got in total to 36,000 and that's a stadium that holds 42,000. That is four teams playing in a row, like back-to-back, two games back-to-back and they only got 36,000. Could you imagine the crush to get into the MCG if it was a doubleheader at the MCG, it would be extraordinary. Yeah, it would be be
0: super huge. Uh, you're quite right. Melvin Storm played there as part of that to doubleheader. Well, Please to look forward to in this podcast We're also going to check in with the Danaher clan as well Ahead of the Queen's birthday ice slide And of course the Danaher drive later in the year as well So I know we're going to check in with the Danaher clan We're going to give you our three tour ones Which I thought was pretty hard to actually do We'll look ahead We'll tell you
2: who's designed the Indigenous uh, jumper That's going to be worn in Alice Springs We'll have a look ahead to
0: the Blues as well There is so much to talk about in this podcast, Kale.
1: I, so, you know what, Koza, let's get cracking with some Simon says okay. first then because we were, I don't know if it's just a, the time I flick out the tweet or, or you put out the Facebook post or whatever it is, but we, I got quite a few this time. I, can I be selfish and start with my one that I put out? Jesse Hogan will be the best player in the league soon, Simon Says. Sure.
0: <laughs> Uh, Simon says let's hope Uh, let's hope that that is the case I, if they're going to continue to use him I'd like to see him used a bit the way Hawthorne have used Roughhead where he only goes into the middle about 20% of the time, not 40 or 50% of the time, and I reckon if that is the case, then he could be a massive impact player in the middle like Ruffhead is and a
2: huge presence up forward as well, again, like Ruffhead, who's got four premiership
0: medals just jangling around his neck. So I reckon if he can be as good as that, yes, he will be close to top five players in the competition. Is he going to be the best? Maybe. Maybe, Simon says.
1: Well, you yesterday did the Mother's Day run. Yes, did. How far did you track?
0: Four kilometres. All right. Still sore today.
1: So Jesse Hogan on Saturday night at the Gabba. Don't tell
0: me. Don't tell me. 16.8
1: 16.8 kilometres. Oh, that's four times the Mother's Day. Uh, no, okay. I'm not doing that and not going home in an ambulance. So Jesse is
0: extraordinary The tank, but I still want to see him up forward more. I still want to see him up forward more.
1: And when he was up forward in that last quarter, what happened? Oh, happy days. Three goals. To, um, to a fellow called Paul, who's at Freaks and Geeks on Twitter, when I put – yeah, well, get this. When I put out that Jesse Hogan will be the best player in the league, he replied with, for the Dockers, wow, Paul, back in oh. back in your box, sunshine. I don't believe yeah. so. Um, no. So or I, yeah, I just put it out there. I don't know if he will. Like, you know. But it's a good to it's a good thing to discuss. We love Jess- oh. we love Jesse now, don't we? And I was thinking this today. Actually, remember earlier in the year, you and I were at a function, and Simon Goodwin was talking, and uh-huh. the uh, J W uh, initials were mentioned, and the word that came through in relation to J W was toxic. Now, I'm wondering if the separation of JW from the red and the blue has had such a positive impact on JH.
0: Uh, on James Harms, you
1: think? <laughs> <laughs> no, Jaden Hunt, you idiot. <laughs> oh, Jaden Hunt, of course. We've got a
0: few JHS going on. Um, look, that might well be because the forward line is now his. It's now his, right? Yes. Wegerman's going to learn his craft. But really, the forward line is Jesse Hogan's. And he was absolutely enormous. I thought for him to be able to come in, 22 possessions in total, as you said, the three majors, obviously, in that vital third term as well. He was just huge and I think he will continue to grow and grow and grow and grow. Don't want to see him in the ruck ever. Let's not put him in the ruck. When I was talking about Ruffin, I thought, on well, occasionally they throw him in the ruck. Don't mm. do that to Jesse, please. But, um, yeah, look, maybe, Simon says, maybe, jury's still out, whether he's going to be the best player in the comp. But um, he's certainly going to be top ten and part of that discussion.
1: Well, you mentioned a name there in uh, Sam Wiedemann. Now, this next, Simon says, comes from at D's man thirty one with Um, the uh, wonderful picture of Ron Barassi's kicking action as his profile pic. So, hello, red and blue is his name. Simon says, keep playing Wiedemann over the next few weeks to give him the confidence needed to grow into the role. The forward line is starting to look settled.
0: Simon totally agrees. Mm. Love the forward line the way it is. Wiedemann's roaming. Tommy Max taking big marks and kicking big goals. I think Jeff Garland is going to battle to get back in. I think Tom Bug is going
1: to battle to get back in. But, but they, they were, they, I wouldn't were, give Bug a run. I wouldn't give him a run.
0: No, well, they they were the ones though that did get the starting run when it was going to be Jesse plus the mosquito fleet. Now we've actually gone to let's get some tall timber in there when Max goes down there as well. There's some big good marks down there, and then you got the likes of Bailey Fitch and these guys, Mitch Hannon, you know, sneaking in,
1: which is Charlie Spargo. And
0: Charlie Spargo, yes. Well, in the round that was, you can only tackle someone of your equivalent size and weight. Um, Charlie Spargo. We should have just given him the ball and let him run because the only person that <laughs> could have tackled him would have been someone of equal proportions from the Suns. And,
1: well, we'll be playing uh, Caleb Daniels mob in a couple of weeks, so that'll be, yeah. that'll be a great battle of the tackle. You mentioned um, Bailey Fritch before, and we did get a tweet from now i can't find whose name it is but a couple of people liked it from bobby clark who i mentioned before who was at the game he said more of frittata on the wing was at the game yeah frittata was at the game (laughs) so clean and knew where to run a great footy iq so i yeah i didn't notice you know from watching on tv i couldn't really tell who was on the wing um, but I, you know what? I was happy that it wasn't Tom McDonald on the wing because I wasn't yeah. I wasn't happy with him on the wing. But yeah, Bailey, it's great that he can just pop up and he took an absolute oh his hanger was last week or this week. Now I'm confused. When was his great mark? Week before. Well, anyway, week so,
0: before. he was nominated week before for mark of the week. What?
1: So he carried on from that great nomination with a great game. No, I'm, I'm happy with Bailey in there.
0: 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, we were all drafting athletes and hoping like hell
1: they could the Sharon. Now mm. we're going back the other way and Bailey Fritch, a la
0: Mitch Hannon, via the apprenticeship of the VFL, hardened bodies, a little bit older, able to come in and natural footballers, natural footballers. <laughs> Outstanding. <laughs> Love having him in there.
1: So does that mean you're a natural 4K runner?
0: Oh, I am. I am as natural. <laughs> I look like a giraffe runner. Nice running around there. It was quite extraordinary. No, um, I wouldn't say running is my natural game. I was happy to do it and support my bride who loves it dearly and obviously it's a very special place in her heart, the Mm. Mother's Day Classic. So I was happy to do it. I did, however, beat home the teenager who had got home very late from a party and needed a toilet stop. So I was happy with that. But the 11-year-old actually ran and won and torched us all.
1: Oh, good on him. Well done, Jamison. Now, (laughs) speaking of torching us all, Um, Oh, hang on. Something about my phone just nearly died. Um, This is from Jared McAleese, Mad Melbourne supporter. We love him. George Simon says, Jordan Lewis may have lost some legs. That's factually incorrect, but I think you mean pace, Jared. But his (laughs) decision-making is crucial in such a young side. 25 touches, 92% efficiency, and 12 score involvements on the weekend huge game. Jared, Jared, I agree with you because the footy intellect and you were just talking about footy smarts and a genuine footballer. When your team is young, like Melbourne's is, and you know, we still call it young, even though we've got a couple of older blokes like Jordan, you need the experience behind, behind you. And Jordan out there on the field he wasn't the only one in the first couple of weeks that wasn't having the greatest game of his life, let's be honest. They were still learning to work together. And I truly think on the weekend that the back line was one of the best performed they've ever been. In saying that, they came up against one of the worst opponents they've had yeah, all year. Correct. So. Yeah, well, I think we- we need to keep that in some sort of context because really the Suns have got nothing to kick to, nothing to kick
0: for and really didn't didn't have that. But I do agree that he's lost a little bit of the legs. Not, not in, uh, well, as we know, the saying goes, roses are red, violets are glorious, never pull a gun on Oscar Pretorius.
1: So <laughs> what? <if> you... <laughs> that is brand new and you only brought that up so that you could pretend to run a gag <laughs> that you have just heard. Is that like Husey trying to test the audience before he does his Logie's intro?
0: No, I didn't. I didn't send in that tweet. But now that that tweet was there about losing legs, I just thought it was too good a time <laughs> not to run that. But there you go. Um, I think it was the coulda-beens that originally
1: had that. But anyway, there you go. Okay, um, sure. Uh, you we we need to have Jordan
0: Lewis there. And there was one little jinky kick that he did that only went about 18 metres, but it was a kick that had everyone else going the wrong way and he jinked it over the top and it finished with a goal and it was just that bit of vision It wasn't panicky. It wasn't, oh, we've got to kick it wrong and wide and do this. It was the right choice at the right moment, and Jordan Lewis did that, did that exactly, and that's what he's in the team for.
1: Speaking of right choice at right moment, I think that was when Jordan decided Melbourne was his club.
0: Oh, yeah, that was when he walked out of that meeting with Alistair Clarkson and rang Todd Viney and said, you know what, I'm too old and too ugly to shop myself around. I just want to come to the D's. Yeah. Can imagine imagine how Todd Viney went back into the meeting with Melbourne? <laughs> uh, guys, how, how do we get this done? So, anyway, <laughs> um, the urban legend that goes along with it. We'll get Jordan on the show one day and he can tell us exactly you, how it unfolded. You know or what? maybe
1: Todd Viney. You know what? No, nah, we won't get Jordan because he's not an old acquaintance yet. Why don't we get his father-in-law, who's a Mad Melbourne supporter, to tell us how it went down in their household? You know him, don't you? I do
0: know Ross. yes. Well, uh,
1: go, on. go on, get him on. Anyway, oh. here's our last, uh, Simon says, from the tweets, and thank you to the team out there. Um, from Danny Jedi. We love Danny Jedi. Hello. Uh, nice to win the games. We are meant to win, win comfortably and even put our foot on their throat. I'm getting excited. Sometimes a dangerous emotion for a Melbourne supporter, but I am. Jeez. Jeez.
0: Just wrecked it down to 11 though. Now just, just turn it
2: down. Um, Yes, fantastic, uh, and I think everyone has just got that little bit of feeling,
0: especially when we look to this week, and we'll do that a little bit later. That hopefully we can get a few wins on the trot and really establish a, a bit of firm momentum uh, going through. I'll give you a couple of Facebook, Simon Caesar, and Seawes. Seawes, Seawes, Seawes.
1: Yeah, I asked her. Yep. Simon says, going with our own formula of a rotating tall forward line is our key to success rather than trying to copy the Richmond small forward structure. Big tick. I'm going to Mm. like that comment right now on Facebook for Leanne because
0: that is, yeah, big tick, absolutely big tick and um, she's spot on there because we've spoken about it already. Tom McDonald down there, big presence. Jesse Hogan roaming around the place, always dangerous. Sam Wiedemann learning his craft. Max Gorn going down there as well. It stretches any back line. It stretches any back line. It really, really does.
1: No, I'm a big fan of that. And you know what? Just because a team won the grand final seven months ago with one strategy, doesn't mean you can't win games with another strategy. So. Certainly
0: not. Uh, David Brown says so Simon says they think they may rest Spargo, not on form, just to rest his body this week and bring back in Jeffy to give him a run against his old lineup. So Spargo
1: had nine possessions and uh, what did he do? Banged a two, couple of goals. Two goals. Yeah. Two, two goals. goals. Yeah.
2: So
0: Spargo potentially a rest.
1: Uh, Why would you rest him? Why why would you... you
0: Well, as David Brown says, maybe you just give the kid a chance to reload the body.
1: David, he's played three games.
0: Okay, well, you're having a go at me running laps to the dance. Are you saying it's okay <laughs> to be belted up when you're four for nothing?
1: No, he's only played three games. If you need to rest after three games, you shouldn't call himself a professional sportsman.
0: Oh, you need to rest after three minutes. No, but I'm not
1: I... a professional sportsman.
0: No, no, that is clearly evident. Right. <laughs> uh, I would. Uh, I can understand the mentality of bringing Jeff Gallant back in, but you know what? Sometimes if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Let Spargo go round again, David Brown. I'm not sure that Simon Sears agrees with you well, on
1: that one. Just on that too, um, if you were going to bring in a small forward to replace Spargo, uh, Tommy Bug kicked four for Casey against the the win uh, over Box Hill and Garland, yes. only, Garland only kicked one. So, you know, if you're going to pick a a small forward that can kick goals. Uh, it's At the moment, it's not Jeff Garland. It's Tom no, Bug. so I, I would Tom leave. Tom
0: Bug didn't play for Carlton. though. I always think players like going
1: Well, we'll bring back Brock McLean and Earl Spaulding. then. Who gives a crap? Play the best team <laughs> you've got. <laughs>
0: I don't know that all Spalding was ever a goal sneak. Yes, he was. Uh,
1: He was a centre half forward, wasn't he? Yeah, he
0: wasn't a goal sneak. No, he wasn't. He He used to bang him through with that kicking style. It was quite extraordinary. Yes, it was a
1: weird one. Uh,
0: Okay, David, jury divided on that one. Nah, David,
1: nah, David, jury's not divided. It's out.
0: Okay, jury overall. Andrew <laughs> Weaver, Simon says weed is vital to our structure and low possession hit outs count doesn't matter. Yes, Andrew Weaver, agree with that.
1: I am much more of a fan of the weed interchanging in the ruck than uh, anyone else, than uh, James Harms who was up in the ruck earlier on and, uh, and even Jesse Hogan don't go in the ruck. I, I like weed in the ruck and it's only going to make him a bigger and stronger and... And more viable option for the Ds. I like it. I like.
2: I like well, what he's
0: we, doing. When you have a look at Weedham, and he's one ninety five, ninety seven kegs, so he should be able to manage in the ruck. We know most ruckmen are you know two hundred plus, but he's one ninety five and ninety seven kegs, and he's only going to get bigger, potentially taller, maybe, but he's only going to get bigger mm. as far as getting in the gym goes. And if you have a look at Harms at one eighty five, eighty six, then that's a completely different equation. So. I like, because Tom McDonald's only
1: one ninety four one hundred, So <laughs> weed Only? Jesus, you would crush me if he yeah. was to walk by me. be just little shards of you everywhere. <laughs> um, it would yeah, so I think Tom McDonald, um, who we know has been in the ruck
0: and he's an imposing figure, the weed is going to be one to keep an eye out for. The weed is growing strong.
1: Well, I've always been a fan of the weed, and you know what? We're 18 minutes into this podcast, and I haven't shared my <laughs> love for Oscar McDonald. Dun, dun, dun. There it is. Love oh, him. Yeah, okay, one only time. Uh,
0: Brent Hayes, Simon says Jack Viney comes in for Dom Tyson. And uh, Here it is, Jack Viney. Possessions, of course, in the game against Box Hill. Um, you talked about how many possessions he had. He won, what, first match of uh, first clearance of the match, 18 touches, one of the leading disposal winners for the Demons. Well, Just if you come straight in.
1: If you, again, if you're going to look at who you bring in on form, And if if Jack Viney only had 18 touches, Billy Stretch had 31, there's no way Billy Stretch is in that team ahead of Jack Viney. Jack will come in this week if the coach deems him ready to go. To play, who goes out? Well, uh, I'm still not a massive rap for Alex Neil Bullen, but he did kick a couple of goals. Um, I'd probably – I would keep Dom Tyson in because he's kicking – is so much straighter, unless it's towards the goalposts, than Alex Neil Bullen's is. And his decision-making's a bit better as well than, than Neil Bullen's. But as we spoke about last week, I'm wondering if we need to adopt my Oscar mentality from last year with Neil Bullen this year.
0: I don't know. He's been accurate in front of goals, though, as well, which is going to cost us at some stage. You mm. would think at some stage that might cost us. He really needs to sharpen up there because he gets clear, he gets opportunities, he needs to make the most of them and he needs to be averaging more than half a goal a game or whatever it is at the moment that he's averaging. So uh, he's got to be better than that. Um, Tyson, Neil Bullen, um, There's not really a lot more that you're going to be, unless they do do this Fargo change, Mm. there's not really a lot more you to going to want to be dragging out. I thought Christian Salem was pretty good on the way back.
1: Um, A couple of goals too, so... Twenty-seven touches, so mm. it's going to be a hard team to get into, which is a wonderful,
2: wonderful, wonderful position for the demons. So, uh, look, I thought
0: it was great. We won on all counts. We won on stoppages. We won on intercept marks. We won on everything. As I said, it was a, a record eighty-three inside uh, fifty entries. Oh, I uh, it was an I, a, I, AFL record. I
1: couldn't give two craps about that stat. I could not care less. Well,
0: it indicates how dominant you are. It in indicates
1: the, how shit the the opposition defence was. Yeah, but that
0: the scoreboard also does that too.
1: Yeah, I, I know that. But, you know, the end of the game, and you're obviously watching it on telly like I was, it felt like the commentators were barracking for a record rather than calling the play. I, I don't give a shit if Melbourne has the record number of inside 50s. I just want them to win games and win a premiership.
0: All right. Well, just a simple ask from KL That's all you need to do. Just line it up like that. Hey, we might take a quick break, and on the other side of this, we might hear a different voice. Because I know you checked in with the Danoher clan, didn't
1: you, Kale? I did, and we haven't run our old acquaintance uh, segment for a little while because you've been incredibly slack at teeing people up. So I went (laughs) above and beyond today. They did uh, release, it was in the paper today, the beanies are on sale. Go to freezemnd.org.au to get your beanies. I've ordered mine for myself and my dad for the game on Queen's birthday. The big freeze is back on, and you're right. Beck Danaher is going to be our old acquaintance, and I did catch up with her earlier on today uh, for a quick chat about her life now and how it's changed since her dad got diagnosed. So, after this short break, we'll hear from uh, Beck Danaher. Hey. Welcome back to details and cosia as you mentioned it is a special guest we have on the line today beck danaher is uh, a name now synonymous with fundraising in this town and even in the country uh, beck is behind the massive push of her father to raise uh, awareness and and some funds for the fight mnd organization and beck is on the phone g'day beck how are you going
2: i'm good i'm good thank you very much for having me on today oh it's it's
1: wonderful to have you on to be honest and it's just so wonderful that your dad's still around let's start off with
2: him how is his health yeah he's going well going well um m and d is a, a progressive illness um so he's sort of you know every day it gets, some things get a little bit more difficult but he's always such a positive man so He's just working really hard behind the scenes to keep raising awareness and funds for m d so I just get to work with him every day, which is fantastic.
1: Well, how, um, how long ago now was it that he was diagnosed?
2: So he got, was diagnosed in 2013, um, so normally the average lifespan of someone with m is only over two years, so he's lasted a lot longer than uh, we expected, which is so fantastic. We're really blessed in that regard. Well,
1: you are, because you hear the stories of, um, you know, other Australians that you're right, they can last nine weeks and, and yeah. when, when uh, the media picked up on it or he, he mentioned it in the media, everybody just gasped collectively and thought, oh no, you know, how, how are we going to keep him around and what he's been able to do and obviously with the hard work that you do too in the raising awareness for motor neuron disease has been extraordinary.
2: Oh, we're very lucky to have such an amazing support um, behind us. You know, Melbourne Football Club has been incredible from day dot when we first started the foundation and came up with the concept of Big Free. So we're lucky to have all that support behind us. And it's been amazing to see the growth of the foundation and people's awareness as well over the years. I know that when Dave was first diagnosed, I had no idea what motor neuron disease was. Had I just knew about the ice bucket challenge, but that was mm-hmm. about it. And so being able to set a big shift over the last few years, which has been an amazing journey.
1: Well, the Queen's birthday now is going to be synonymous with um, the big freeze at the G, isn't it?
2: Yeah, definitely. It's um, been incredible to have the AFL support behind us. And it gives us a great stage to get out there and raise as much money. And, you know, it's fantastic to have that day each year set aside for us.
1: Well, have you got your theme organised for this year? Because last year we had the going for gold, didn't we? And we had some yes. great Olympians um, and Australian representatives in sport. What are we looking at for this year?
2: Oh, it's top, top uh, secret. <laughs> come on, I won't tell anyone. <laughs> uh, on the 30th of doing, which is the Jimmy Carlton game. That's going to come on the on the TV with Tim Watson and make the big announcement. So oh, we're keeping it top week. secret until that day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Unreal. So, um are we? We are though set for the what? Twelve? Ten sliders again?
2: Yeah. So we've got quite a few sliders this year, and it's a, a completely different theme to previous years. So I'm really excited to see how everyone responds to it. Oh, and, um, I've, yeah, got my I've
1: got think- my... Oh, my thinking cap on. I'm wondering if it's <laughs> rock stars or movie stars. Oh, am I close? My lips
2: are sealed. Oh, all, right.
1: <laughs> all right. Back back to the game of footy then. Tell us about growing up with um, Dad because he would have been involved in footy from the minute you were born. Yeah, definitely. So footy's
2: just been such a, a big part of our lives. You know, I don't know anything different, so... We've been watching, going to the footy since we could walk, watching the amazing players out on the ground. I absolutely adore footy. So we've just uh, we've grown up with it, um, and to us it's a complete norm, but uh, it's so good. I, I still support Melbourne to this day, and I love going to watch them, and I know that's the same with the rest of the family.
1: So even though he was, uh, and the dad of her name is entrenched with the Bombers, you're a demon through and through.
2: Yeah, definitely. i um, watching Dad coach them for 10 years. They're uh, definitely on my side and I know the rest of the family is the same. We're, we're 2D supporters through and through. <gasps> that makes me so proud
1: that we've <laughs> we got you on our team. How, how, uh, how much of a supporter were you growing up though? Did you go to all the games and um,
2: meet all the players? Yeah, we went as much as we could. We sort of all had our sport that we were doing at the same time, but we went to every game that we uh, were able to. We got to meet all the players. We still catch up with a lot of them, like Sneader and Russell Robertson still to this day. So they are just a, been a fantastic sort of family for us as well.
1: Who's your fa- Who was your favourite back then?
2: <laughs> oh, I'm not too sure. I oh, a few over the journey.
1: Cut it out. I was a Jim, <laughs> I was a Jim Steins and Gary Lyon fan yeah. Um, and then uh, who
2: didn't love watching Robbo play? Exactly. It was always really exciting. Got those amazing marks. Do, do you have a favourite game? Uh, from Over the Journey? Yeah. Oh, God, there were so many good ones. Um. I do remember... One game that we played against LA Crows and managed to get a goal in like the last six seconds to to win. Was that Shelley? Was... was that Andrew Leinchelli's oh, goal? It might have been. It might have been. It's been so long, um, yes. no, but yeah, I I love I love AFL. I think it's so exciting, um, such a great game to watch. So we go. Um, to as many as we can, and that's been the same since we were little packers.
1: I love it. So, um, you mentioned before Nita and Robbo, um, and Brad Green as well is um, a big part of the Danaher Drive. Tell, tell me a bit about that fundraising initiative that
2: you do. Yeah, so the Danaher Drive in its fourth year, as well as the Sands and it's a car rally that happens in October each year. And what it is, we've got about a hundred. 150 cars so it turns out to be about 400 people that come along on a four-day trip around regional victoria And we're also crossing over into south australia this year through the kinawara area and that gambia So we sort of uh, have a big event each night um, And all the cars go out and they fundraise in the lead-up to it so we managed to raise 2.3 million dollars last year And we're hoping to do the same again. It's just a lot of fun it's amazing as fundraising events in the lead up to it, and everyone has a really good time.
1: Well, from let's just talk about this. So, from the moment your dad was diagnosed, your life changed. What were you doing, um, looking for a job or working before this started for you?
2: Yeah, it's been a big shift. Um, where in 2013, I was actually running for Australia at the time, just about to take off to South Korea for. The world chance over there, and I remember him sitting me down just before I left. Um, so rolling was a massive part of my life. I was also training to be an accountant. So it's been a massive, massive shift um, from what I was doing previously to what I'm doing now. But I love, I love working with the foundation. I love going out there and raising awareness and being able to make such an impact. I think what the foundation has done since it started, um, we've now got four clinical trials, seven research projects, We've been able to supply um, a significant amount of care, equipment for everyone in Australia. So I'm so proud of what we've done. Um, you know, it's, it's a sad reason why we're here doing it, because obviously I don't want dad to have a terminal illness, but what we've been able to achieve and being really positive and focusing on what we can do to help has been such a great journey mm. um, over the years.
1: How would you have gone in the rowing championships if dad hadn't made you sit down and have a listen to what was going on? <laughs>
2: Uh, we went over there. and we, we were really stoked with how we went. Um, you know, for so long, uh, rowing, especially female rowing, hasn't been getting as much uh, representation for Australia. So it was amazing to go over there and compete. Um, but yeah, once I came back, I sort of decided to shift my focus and stay within Australia and focus on on what I can do and focus on having you know amazing memories and family time with dad. So it sort of changed, but. Um, yeah I've I've loved what we've done over the last couple of years and um, I wouldn't change spending all that time with Dad. No
1: I'm sure you wouldn't. Is he the kind mm-hmm. of person that um, you know some people have that aura around them where people just drop anything to go and be with or be near or listen to and is he that kind of a person you see when you're out in public with him?
2: Yeah definitely I, I know I'm, I'm very biased in that regard but I think he's just such an incredible person and what he's been able to achieve over his entire career and now on this sort of next part of his life has been incredible and people respond to that. And you know, the Australian public is so giving and if they know that there's something that's out there that's wrong or it needs to be fixed, they're really willing to come out and sort of help us along the journey. So he's been a great spokesperson for the foundation and, and uh, it's a credit to him um, for what he's done over the over his life that people are willing to sort of stop and listen and then help us fight the good fight i guess
1: what's the um support of the form the obvious former players we did just speak about nita and Mm -hmm. greenie and um how often do those guys get around to see neil or you know have much to do with him Does, does he maintain those coach player relationships
2: yeah absolutely so um i think the playing group that's was around when dad was coaching, It's just an incredible bunch of, of um, men there uh, really giving with their time. So they come down, we, we caught up with all of them at the Danaher Drive, sort of meet and greet about two weeks ago, and um, you know, what David Neitz is doing with his um, beer company with Brumanity to help mm-hmm. raise funds for motor neurone disease. We see them all the time, which is fantastic. And they really get behind everything that we try and do. So I know when big freeze rolls around, they're all gonna be there helping and supporting us.
1: Well, we'll all be there. All the detailers will be there, um, cheering you all on. Do you get to go down the slide this time, Beck?
2: <laughs> no, I'll leave that to those. The <laughs> water is about negative one degree, so I don't want to be anywhere near that slide.
1: <laughs> you know, you, you don't know. You wouldn't get me near um, snow, little no. alone a, a slide like that. So, no, it's a bit
2: too cold. So I'll stick to watching everyone
1: with with the twenty-three million dollars that you guys have raised in what four years, five years. Yep. That, that is an extraordinary amount. So if someone today was to be diagnosed with motor neuron disease, what um, does your fundraising do for them straight away?
2: Well, I think a really important aspect of what we're doing is providing access to clinical trials to see, you know, to fight the beast. When Dad was diagnosed, there was um, no, no treatment, no cure, obviously, and then there, there were no trials running in Australia at that time. So... To be able to have access to that, um, I think it's really important and mentally important for people that they know that there's, there's work that's happening in the background to try and change this diagnosis for them. Um, and then we've also invested about $2.5 million into care equipment and aid to help families deal with, your, deal with how it changes their life. It's a really expensive disease because it does slowly paralyze your body. So there's so many different things that you need to get to help them remain independent for as long as possible like wheelchairs and communication devices so we've been able to fund that and then i'm hoping down the track with our seven research pro uh, programs that we're running at the moment there's going to be more trials available so we're trying to do as much as we can as quickly as we can um a big part of the foundation is urgency so we don't want to sit on the money that is raised we want to get it working straight away so we're really trying to make sure that there's as much out there and as much help as we possibly can give to anyone that gets diagnosed.
1: It's an amazing legacy and I don't like to even think about the fact that he won't be around to see a potential cure um, but what you are doing now and keeping his memory it will remain just because of the hard work that you and your family are doing now. I think it's so commendable and I'm just so thrilled, and I know all Melbourne supporters are, that for his luck, it, I don't know if it's luck or what it is, that he is still here and, and we can still hear from wonderful people like you and and him at this time every year. And it's so front of our minds now, as it not just footy fans, I reckon, but Australians, it's so much closer to the front of our mind that this is a beast of a disease and we need to work harder to clear it. <laughs>
2: yeah definitely we've got quite a a long way to go ahead of us so the ongoing support especially that the Melbourne football supporters give us is just so incredibly important and i just want to take a quick second to say a massive thank you to everyone who's joined us along the journey and and i hope that i'll see them there the 11th of june for the big freeze i hope they can grab a big freeze beanie which has just gone on sale from our website so a big thank you to everyone that's supported us in the last few years and hopefully we'll have them in the years to come, fingers
1: crossed, Beck. Thank you very much for spending the time. I've bought my beanies. I bought two, so for me and my dad. So we get along every year, mm-hmm. and so yeah, I'm lining up the beanies at home. But it's such a small amount that we can offer um, to hopefully help the lives of so many people. And the work you and the foundation does um, in the name of your father is just tremendous. And I congratulate you. And I know all <laughs> Melbourne supporters just. Feel so much uh, warmth towards uh, the time that Neil spent at the club. So, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. And just finally, tell us how we get to the website to buy those beanies.
2: Yeah, if they just jump online and go to www.fightmnd.org.au and they can buy their beanie, they can donate, all, and all the information for the big cruises on there as well. So, really hoping that everyone can uh, get behind us again for the fourth campaign.
1: Thanks, Beck. Go days.
2: Go days. <laughs> See you later.
1: This is my kingdom come. This is my kingdom come. When you pull my key, look into my eyes. It's where my
0: demons hide. It's where my demons hide. Don't get too close. To Welcome back to the Talisman.
2: How good is Beck Danaher? Absolutely brilliant. I've got the good fortune, pal, as you know, of working with
0: her with the Danaher Drive, which will certainly come into focus uh, in the latter part of the season, and that's an outstanding event. Love being a part of that. Manage all the media. Uh, pro bono for Neil, who gave me a, met me at a, a function, or not met me, but caught up with me at a function one day and said, I've got a job for you. I said, "I oh, have you, Neil? He said, yep. He said, this is what you're going to do. And he said, I'm going to pay you. And he used two words that equivalent to uh, nothing.
2: And, and you're going to love it. And I said,
0: that sounds like a great deal. Yeah, that sounds like a great deal. He's a very persuasive man, the Reverend, and obviously Beck's brilliant as well. And twenty three million bucks, and I'm very proud to have been a part of it. And I look forward to seeing who'll be going down the ice. I've so just had got a few, yeah. had a few whispers, but won't be revealing anything. Oh,
1: have you had some whispers? Yeah. Had you just
0: whispers? Just whispers. Well, Can't say too much.
1: Well, I've I kind of got this feeling that it's going to be a rock star, a movie star. I don't know. I don't know why. I'm probably way off. The track, but I wouldn't mind seeing Paul Kelly go down um, strumming bars to. High on, what are you? Making gravy, oh, I know. High on the hill, looking over the bridge to the MCG, you idiot. Um, you know, people that write, oh, fantastic footy songs. Um, yeah, the you know, holy grail. You people, you know, what's his name? Mark Seymour from Hunters Collections. Collectors? i would say too much, but
0: I don't. Anyway, yeah, you know, won't say too much. won't say too much because you know, I can't be accused of saying
2: anything. But, Fair enough. Anyway,
0: nice she was,
1: idea. She, um, was, she was great to chat to and I'm just so... Um, amazed at the work they have done in the relatively short time so as she said when Neil was diagnosed there were no clinical trials there was nothing going on to do any research into um, what causes MND now they have clinical trials they are spending every dollar that they possibly can on research and development to find a cure and to make the lives of the sufferers that much better now there was um, someone who got diagnosed recently and passed away nine weeks later later and neil danaher is still with us and we're going to go around again for another big freeze and that website again is um fight mnd hang on what is it fight dot fight mnd.org.au get behind it buy your beanies and you can also donate as well on that website if you don't want to buy a beanie you can just donate um but get behind it because neil's our man and you know the that whole family, they're Melbourne people. They're not Essendon people. They're Melbourne people through and through Neil's family, um, on that side. So get behind it and and give back to what Neil gave us. He got us to a grand final. Sixty points later we didn't win it, but we still got there and the connection he has with the players that he played that played for him in that time is just remarkable.
0: Yeah, they call him the Reverend and he still has plenty of disciples. I've bought a couple every year. For those of you that are follically challenged, they are outstanding. They do keep the bombs warm as well as obviously raising plenty of cashola for a very sad cause, but a good cause And Neil Danaher, sadly but uh, I suppose proactively given a face to MND that not a lot of us were aware about. So it uh, and kudos not only to Neil, but to his family who are also having to live through it as well. And uh, as I said, I'm proud to uh, do my bit to, to try and help out. So uh, not sure you're going to see rock stars this year, but we'll wait to find out. Oh, so you know, uh, you uh, know. No, no, no. I just said not sure. Just did, did, said
1: not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving right
0: along. Moving right along. <laughs> Don't want to one uh we also need to look ahead to Carl hey a nice touch too with uh Jeff Garlett's auntie designing the indigenous uh um, jumpers that will be worn against Adelaide crows up in Alice Springs yes so, they were uh, unveiled that's, that's today a really nice touch so they're on sale as well
1: yeah they're unveiled today by the club so if you follow along on their Instagram or Facebook uh, even on their website you'll see pictures of Um, the four Indigenous players that play with Melbourne out on the MCG wearing the jumpers, and Jeff Garlick does look really proud to be wearing that. So maybe he'll get back for that game. We'll see. Maybe that's a good goal for him.
0: Dion Johnson, Nev Jeter, Jeffy and Jay Kennedy, Harris – uh, the the lads that are a chance to be wearing that against uh, against the Adelaide Crows. First up, though, we have a game against Carlton. And just before we touch on that, uh, obviously the news of the day today when we're recording is uh, Essendon to continue to go into a spiralling free fall. Uh, they are part parted company with former Melbourne coach Mark Neild as well.
1: So what, uh, what do you want? What do you want me to say here, Cozy? Nothing.
0: He... I just am recognising it for a fact because what you will do is. On some size 10 Doc Martens and give him a kick around the chops. So, we don't need to be doing that. What we need to be doing is uh, moving forward, we're going, Look at us taking on Carlton. That'd be better, chaos. Can I? Ju-
1: can I just say. Oh, I knew,
0: I knew <laughs> wouldn't, you couldn't help yourself, could you? Can you I? You not help yourself. Can... You'd be like the last person when exams, pens down. Oh, but can I, can I just do this?
1: No, I would always finish before time was up. Thank you very much. Oh. Uh, because I because I knew the answers before I went in, and Essendon should have known the answer to this question: Can Mark Neil coach? No, he can't, and he's gone.
0: Thank
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's look ahead to Carlton. <laughs>
0: Carlton and Melbourne, and we're also going to do our 3-2-1s as well. Uh, Carlton and Melbourne, and this one at the MCG. One ten, if you'd like to head along there, round 9, Sunday, May 20. The Blues got over the top of uh, the ex-Mark Niels Bombers. <laughs> of course, we come into it on the back of a huge win over the Suns, and we need to smash Carlton out of the ballpark by quarter time or at least half time. And then get a few more goals to the weed and Spargo and a few others like that. Just got to put them away. This is where we step up and we say there's a reason we're in the eight and you're not, and this is why. Can I
1: can I use two words for this game? And I I am not being uh, don't swear. No, no, I'm not being sarcastic when I say this, but this is a danger game for Melbourne. I say that because Carlton has a renewed spirit about them. Yes, they beat Essendon, doesn't matter. They beat a club. They won their first game in 14 rounds. Melbourne has won 3 3 weeks in a row now, I think it is. Um sitting 5 and 3. Uh fifth on the ladder. They need to cement wins like these. These are the these are the games that when you look back on the season, they cannot they cannot be a loss for Melbourne. They have to be a win. And the mentality has to be one week at a time. Now let's focus on Carlton. Let's not look at how great we played on the weekend because we played a terrible opposition. We have to look at Carlton and they are coming off a win.
0: They might be doing it without the Kurnos, uh, potentially. I would, I, would
1: think... I would say they are doing it without them because um, no matter what, if it was in, if it was reckless or an intentional contact, Contact with the umpire. You're not allowed to touch the umpire. And the precedent was set last week with Tom Hawkins. Touch him, you're gone. Sam May, is it Sam May? Um, no, nah, yeah. Uh, nah, what's having, his name?
0: Having Stephen May. Stephen, having May. Said that, Stephen May got a fine, so he did get a fine. So there's obviously horses for courses.
1: Oh, I think it's you touch and you're gone.
0: Well, not for Stephen May, I wasn't. So we'll wait and see. We are obviously recording this on the Monday, so uh, we'll wait and find out what that is. But I don't sense it. I, I'm not Panic Station's Danger Game, but yes, I want to put them out of the game nice and early and just quell that renewed spirit that they've got and continue the demon march over the top of the Blues. All right, so
1: let's, let's say that they put them out of the game at quarter time. What does that mean?
0: Well, it means that we're playing pretty good football straight up. That's what I really like.
1: Yeah, so we didn't put Gold Coast out of the game until three-quarter time. Did you ever think we were going to lose it?
0: Uh, No, no, I didn't ever think we were going to lose it. But I've also been conscious of the fact that sometimes if you let teams hang around, they all of a sudden think, well, hang on, I'm a, I'm a chance here. We need to remove that element from this game so that Carlton don't think they're a chance so they don't suddenly go, oh, actually, you know what, if we do these extra, we want them to be down and out and finished by half-time. That's what we need. And you can remember, you can remember as a Melbourne supporter when teams did that to us. And, um, you know, you sat there and you stayed till the end, but you knew you weren't going to be back into it. That's what we need to deliver.
1: Oh, I I can only hope we do, Koza. But, you know, I'm not willing to say by quarter time the game must be won because it might not be. They, They... it just might not be, so. Um... No, well, I've allowed them
0: until time. <laughs> <laughs> I did actually say till halftime. I'll, I'll... When you think about it? That's what good teams do. That is what good teams do to bad teams. Yeah, I know.
1: To... I know that. But are you classifying Melbourne as a good team? Yes, I am.
0: Yes, I am. Okay. We are a good team. <laughs> we are a good team.
1: How and when will my mentality change from? I don't
0: know. I can't
1: You've believe got years,
0: with... years of therapy.
1: <laughs> speaking of years, speaking of years, let me bring this up today. In the mail, I finally received my membership pack from the Demons, and there was a certificate in there, and I love getting certificates for um, good work. So really? <laughs> yes. I passed my level one. So here we... Yeah, I don't think they do those anymore. So this is, and I don't know how this has happened because I've been a member a lot longer than this, but this is my 10th year of consecutive membership. So I'm now a gold member, pardon the pun. uh, And I got a certificate signed by Glenn Bartlett, Peter Jackson, Nathan Jones, Jack Viney and Daisy Pierce. So I've got a, a nice certificate, even though I've been... a I'm sure I've been a member longer than ten years, but maybe I had a year or two off when the club was that appallingly crap that I just couldn't be bothered <laughs> giving money to. Work. Well, congratulations on becoming a gold member. Thank you. Um, very good by
0: you, and yes, you would have been for longer than that. I would think. Yeah. Well, um, I, I, used, know, I, used I used to know. get the
1: membership cards. You know, when I had to stamp, you got your twelve games, got and I used clipped. to clip got them, clip them off. Yeah. yeah, I used to get yeah. that.
0: No, That was it. Uh, Well done on that. I know the boys will be signed up, no doubt about that. Oh, they have been since birth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Of course. Um, Well, let's hope they get to enjoy it. Um, There'll be lots of detailers, I would think, probably heading along to the MCG. We're going to make our way along there as well. So uh, send us, what what I'd love, love detailers to start doing is take a picture of sort of where you sit, who you sit with, send it in to us. Yes. Um, you know, and just put it up there on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or whatever it is, and loop in details as well. We'll just start developing this community of people and we'll kind of know each other, where we're all sitting and what we're doing when we when we go to matches. So just take a picture of yourself, where you're sitting, who you're sitting with, all the rest of it, the MCG 110 um, on the Sunday afternoon. I reckon that would be awesome. And I don't think Jeff Garland's going to get back in, but I don't know.
1: Nah, I'm I'm pretty sure he will I reckon Earl Sporting's got a better chance of getting a than Jeff Scarlett.
0: All right, let's finish up with our three, two, and ones. How did you go? I had a few apologies in there as
1: well. Oh, I, I don't have apologies, but I'll give a um, uh, great question. I'm going to give two, one to Hogan, mm-hmm. two to Tom McDonald because he's my mm-hmm. favourite player, and I'll give three to James Harms.
0: Oh, okay, so Harmsy gets the three. Oh, I, right. I reckon.
1: You know what? he was just It was a strong four-quarter performance.
0: Yeah, it was. I had him in at two. Uh, the one vote, I could have had Max. I could have had Jordan. I could have had Bailey. I could have had Jesse. Uh, I actually gave T-Mac three. I gave Harmsy two. Um, and uh, the one is the one I'm anguishing over at the moment. I've got all of us sitting there. Oh. So I want to put
1: Jesse in. You know what? Brayshaw had a good game. And the other one yep. I we haven't even mentioned yet is well done to Michael Hibbard for getting on the board with a goal. And he he, he started that forward play for he that goal so. and then he finished yeah. it off. So well yeah. done to yeah. him. So yeah. who, who are you going one? All he?
0: right. So we'll give it we to Michael Hibbard then.
1: Oh, if you want to. I don't think he's got a vote from us this year, but, yeah, no, sure. I'll give it to Michael Evans. Yeah, does. Nice, nice
0: to see him back, and he was very jubilant when he hit that goal hard. So, uh, well done to him. Uh, it was pretty good all-round performance. I mean, T-Mac finishing with five goals. See,
2: Hannon's unlucky. He had three goals as well. Hogan the three, Neil Bullen two, Spago two,
0: Salem two, Hibbard Melstrom, Gorn, Brayshaw. Love the spread of goal kickers. Love the fact that we've got plenty of avenues to goal. Really, really important. So um, well, you you, know, did, it's you just
1: mentioned Tommy McDonald's five goals, and I I saw this stat um, on Twitter. So from games one to 108, Tom Mc, Tom McDonald kicked eight goals. Mm-hmm. From games 109 to 129, he's kicked 32. Drafted as a forward originally. He was
0: he was originally a forward in junior football, so he knows where they are. Mm. And nice big frame. And the word out of the club is that Tommy's a bit more tightly wound than Oscar, and uh, they prefer Tommy being up forward where he can sort of just loosen up a bit than being down back where it's like oh, got a job to do, need to be doing this. Whereas Oscar's <laughs> a bit more laid back. So I like unwound Tommy up forward and wound up Oscar down back. So mm. Oscar could just wind it up a couple more ratchets. That'd be handy. But
1: why? And, why? Oh, I
0: I do want to, I tell you what I want to see him doing. I want to see him impacting contested marks a lot more. I want to see him smashing packs, and I know that he will learn to do that. I still, I'm I'm with you. He's improving, no doubt about it. I thought it was one of Jake Lever's better games as well. Yeah. Um. So that was nice. But again, we do have to. Um, you know, I suppose marshal that against the fact that the Gold Coast Suns are a poor team at the moment and with a poor lineup. So you're quite right, we can't go into Carlton with that same mentality. They will have their tails in the air, Brendan Bolton will be there just getting them all G'd up. So it uh, is he, one that we have to be a little wary of, but it's not a danger game. It shouldn't be a danger game for a team that is playing or wanting to play finals.
1: All good points, but it's still a danger game.
0: Check in with us at Details Podcast uh, and also Details on Facebook as well. If you haven't liked us, friended us, follow us and make sure you do. Tell your mates about it. It's a pretty handy chat. It's a discussion. Nice to have Beck Danaher again, fightmnd.org.au. Buy your beanies, get involved and make sure you support the Danaher clan and also the big battle against Fight MND. Kale, that is about a wrap.
1: Yes, I think I'm going to the footy with my uncle who's a Carlton supporter. So um, wish me well.
0: <laughs> I don't know Take how. a photo, <laughs> post it of your uncle crying into his beer the corner time. what would like to see. I don't
1: think he'll be drinking, but um, I, I don't know. He, he always he makes me nervous. Body. He always makes me nervous. I've been to the footy with him once, and that was last year's game against Carlton, where we were smashing him, and then they came back, and we all shat ourselves. Mm, but not, then, we, not good. but then we won, so that's all right. Go
0: the D's against the Blues. Talk to you next week. Bye. Flying flag. it's an emblem for me and for you. Well, it's the emblem of the team we love, the team of the red and the blue. Well, every heart beats true for the red and the blue as we sing the song. Sing this song under-